So here we are again for our regular Wednesday one o'clock chamble with my beautiful guests. And today <laughs> I have the amazing Laura Dunton-Clark. Everyone, everyone knows every, my favorite word is amazing. And I've been told <laughs> to stop saying amazing, but you're all amazing. So what, what can I replace that word with? But you it are. So me. Yeah, Laura Dunton-Clark from Egg Tooth today. And I said to Laura when we were here, because you all know we do a little tech check and everything beforehand, because I like my guests not to feel anxious and not know what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm in the tech check she looks like and i don't know whether jane will be watching but she looks like very much like my uh, master's tutor from brighton uh, jane luscombe so that's been very distracting because <laughs> yeah. like, any minute i'm expecting her to say there's a deadline tomorrow have you got your essay in and <laughs> it's very distracting i really want um, to see jane now she <laughs> my, my doppelganger I think she might. So <laughs> and if she's watching, she'll she'll completely get it. Yeah. So, Hi, Jane. <laughs> Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. I love Jane. Jane was such a wonderful person to me during my master's because um, obviously I went back to it later in life. And, and that's quite it's quite scary. It was a real like, mm -hmm. you know, chuck yourself off the edge of the cliff kind of moment because I didn't know how all this like modern day uh education worked and mm. the minute they said to me you have to reference everything I was like okay and how do you do that yeah and so it took me a little while and Jane held my hand and she was a she was a darling and I love her to bits for it because I grew exponentially under her lovely care and and that's really funny because that brings us into your kind of what an amazing segue into <laughs> what you do because mm. I was nurtured in her nest and she nurtured me in her nest and then she pushed me out very firmly. Mm. And I, you know, I had to fly. She wasn't going to do it for long, but she did do it for a little while. And um, I first got to know Egg Tooth, well, probably years ago. You've been going for a while now, haven't you? But more intimately and more on a personal level, last year when you came and were part of the Trailblazers, the ladies mm -hmm. um, Trailblazers event um, promoting women. Mm. And um, you came along to our party. We had a great time. Yeah, we had a great time. And a lot of the people who were there, um, the speakers have been part of this series one because I think um, that I picked people to be involved in that project that really resonated with my um, ethos and what mm. I want to do in mm. the world, you know, the things I want to change in the world. So we had Maxine Laceby, who's already been on this series, and you know, the amazing sorry use the word again <laughs> anthony penrose although maxine's also amazing um uh, i know Pfizer and suzanne regularly check in and watch these broadcasts and ask lots of questions so that's great and then today we've got um egg tooth so egg tooth nurture we do in the creative contest can you kind of tell us as a as the founder where the mm. idea came from what was the original inspiration and, you know, and how that's grown over time. I'd really um, like to hear a lot about that. So I'm actually a co-founder. So I co-founded Eggtooth eight years ago. So 2012 it was with um, my lovely co-director, Sally Gregg, who was also came along to your party. She did. Eggtooth, in, in fact, people often say, what is an Eggtooth, especially the young people that we've worked with. And essentially an Eggtooth is something that grows on the beak of a bird or a reptile when, when it's inside the shell. And it uses it as a tool to tap through the shell. It releases a gas and then the shell opens, so it breaks through. And Love then when that. it's outside of the shell, it drops off. So similarly to you using the metaphor yeah. of Jane, 
helping you fly the nest. We yeah. see ourselves very much as, well, we're lots of things, but one of the things that we are is we offer people the creative tools, I guess, to to have the breakthroughs that they need in life. I might have to change be... our name to Pure Egg because <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what we do as well, but it with you know purely with artists. <clears throat> So we, yeah, okay, good. Do, do let us know if you do. Yeah, trademark. <laughs> so, yeah, so eight years ago, Sally and I worked together in another organisation and we'd come from a fairly similar background. We'd spent some time in London. We both had a theatre background, actually, in acting and directing. Mm-hmm. And we were being made redundant from this particular organisation and we kind of knew that that was our time to create the thing that we wanted. And we started in a very intuitive way, I would say, We discussed a lot about the kind of young people that we'd worked with because our background had been in education and the arts. We felt that children who were sort of year nine, so kind of 13, 14 in secondary school, quite often those young people might be making decisions to go one way or the other. They might be really engaging in school. They really might not be as well. So we approached Hastings Academy, which I think was still Hillcrest at the time, and we talked to their head teacher about our idea. What we wanted to do was work with these year nine students, take them out once a week. We'd spend time in the woods. We'd sit around in circles. We'd do creative activities. We'd get to know these young people and really find out about their strengths. And luckily, there was a progressive head teacher there at the time. And she said, yes. So we started working with our first cohort back in 2012. And really what we realized is we worked very instinctively and intuitively And we worked alongside a psychotherapist. So Ben Mootsey was one of our co-directors at the time as well, because we wanted to make sure that the work that we were doing with these young people was psychologically incredibly safe. Safe. That's the word, isn't it? Safe. Yeah. Everything we do, I'm always like, you know, we're very similar to you. You know, we've evolved and organically and grown Mm. intuitively. But my absolute ethics around all of it is, you know, you mustn't hurt anyone along the way. You must be safe and you know that drives the continual learning doesn't it and education and this is really really important because i think the word therapeutic as well can be used in many contexts and can be i don't know about misuse but sometimes because there's there's therapy and there's a therapeutic process that you might have with a sort of qualified psychotherapist and there's therapeutic activity which you can get therapeutic benefits from. If we were going to be doing something with young people who may, some of whom might have had experienced trauma, might have had really difficult circumstances, we wanted to make sure that if we were saying anything to do with therapeutic, we would have a qualified psychotherapist there. And Ben was very experienced. So we always knew that whatever activities we were doing would be, you know, emotionally and psychologically safe. And we we carried on with that cohort. The next year they doubled it. So we had 30 young people. So we, and we, we continued that course for three years. We wanted to do something long term. So the first year they'd come out and do lots of different activities, trained as firefighters, ran restaurants. Wow. Um, yeah. Really wow. Developed their emotional intelligence, um, had Critical. young entrepreneur ideas. And then um, we would mentor them in school. So they'd go back into school, but they would have a, a coach or a mentor that would work with them two years. And that might focus more on the academic side of things or what they wanted to do when they left. So then that, so that was eight years ago that we started. And then we found that we've had to be quite reactive to where funding goes, of course, mm-hmm. because oh, at yeah. that time, many Money. of the schools were becoming academies and some of the objectives of those schools were shifting and changing. There was much more of an onus on academic achievement, perhaps instead of creative. So I think we had to adapt as well. 
So we've we sort of worked with that age group, but then we started working in primary schools as well. We had mini eggs. So oh. <laughs> that was a fantastic course. Little mini egg. Mini eggs. So we little chocolate eggs, because I, you know, I feel um, that, that Asia should be like just, chocolate eggs. We have those in the office. Don't talk to me Sweet. about those. They're my nemesis. I can imagine every birthday and every celebration. It's Oh, look, we brought you some more mini eggs. <laughs> more eggs. We do have a, lot of, yeah, we have a lot of egg-related paraphernalia and I'm merchandise. Sure. But with, with the, uh, working with the younger children, they were um, very young, so sort of reception, year one, but we would work with their parents. So yes. they would be identified as to where the school felt that they had potential, either academic, uh, academically or creatively but for whatever reason it wasn't being realized in school so we would work with a parent and we'd have what we call parent powwows and we'd talk about parenting with those parents without their children we'd talk about how they were parented because quite often oh, we parent story, how we were, how we were parented yeah absolutely unless we make a very conscious decision to not do that we yes. will usually assume those um, characteristics or things that happened in our own how we were parented and that's kind of trends isn't it so kind of generational trends as well oh, I mean yeah. I remember how my parents tried to parent me under an environment where the trends were changing in parenting mm. and they didn't really you know they, they were like you know they were like on quicksand so then when I came to my own parenting I was like well there was nothing kind of solid there that I could like mm. grab onto and so mm. I um followed the parenting of friends and mm. friends parents that looked good that I thought <laughs> that looks sensible I'm mm. going to try that yeah and um yeah it is such a that parenting thing it's such a random like you know lottery isn't it as to whether you get that good it, solid foundation or not and it does depend on the generation that you grew up in and how things were evolving and changing within the context of parenting then absolutely and even though there might be all the theories because there's huge amounts written about the theory of parenting. Mm. Even though there's there's lots of that out there, it depends what you access, what your friends are accessing, the groups that you go to. You might go to NCT, you might go to something more exactly. alternative, etc. So depends we, in our bubble, doesn't it? It depends what's going yeah. on in our in our particular bubble at the time. And you know, I don't hold my parents responsible for not giving me those tools. It just they were just reacting to the time that they, you know, at the time of their parenting. Mm. And there are things now. So I'm I'm a mum, and I have a daughter who's twenty. And there are things now that I would have done as a as a young mum that people would now say, no, you can't, you couldn't possibly yeah. do that. I think I think there's been a big movement towards attachment theory parenting, yes. which was um, yeah. John Bowlby was the sort of that founder that, of that in a way. It's the skin on skin thing. It starts with and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, which is you know very much rooted in in sort of therapeutic practice and and how how children attach to their primary givers, et cetera, and what happens to you if you if you don't have your needs met in that. So we so we did use a sort of an attachment framework in a sense um, for the parenting group. And then they would do a creative activity in the second half of the session. They'd come together with their child and do a creative activity together. And we used to do things out at Mallydown Woods, lots of making and art. And it was incredible, that course. That's very, lovely, lovely uh, just do. making with your child. I know this morning, mm. so our children are obviously are homeschooling at the moment, aren't they? And mm -hmm. uh, I've got two older ones, um, like you. I've got a 23-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old son. But I've then got a little one who's just 12. And this morning, we've been doing experiments 
which were totally hilarious. So the school set all of these experiments up to do at home, and one was making bombs out of um, bicarbonate of soda, and the, another one was making this kind of like gloopy. Um, he came up with a name of it. I can't remember where it's that that you make it with um, corn flour and water, and yeah. you, if you hit it, it's solid. But if you gradually put, so it's like quicksand. Mm. You put your finger in it, it moves. But the funniest one we had to do this morning was um, the can of Coke and the Mentos thing. Oh and yeah. Big brother helped out with this one. And so they drilled through the lid and they put it all on the string and they drilled through the Mentos and everything. And big brother was supervising and I got them out on the drive because they're not doing that in the house. And, and it was the classic, you know, don't go back to the firework after it's lit situation. Um, so he kind of did it and it kind of fizzed a bit. And then Jay, Jamie went, have you pulled the string? And, Charlie leant over and pulled the string and the whole thing just exploded like a, oh a geezer in his face. I've never seen anything oh. so funny. But the bonding that came about between mm. him and his brother mm. doing that was yep. incredible because they haven't had the best of relationships. You know, it's mm. been, you know, it's been tricky at times. But then they went off and they started and they were like, oh, what else can we do? So the two of them mm. kind of went off troublemaking um, mm. off to the woods to kind of make so there's a fire going. You, if you had smell a vision right now, yeah, my entire office oh, fire. It's one of my favourite smells because <laughs> they are. They well, then they started. Fire. They've started a bonfire with woods because um, we've been doing a big bit of clearing. So yeah, the amazing, amazing way that creativity cuts through mm. all of the nonsense. Yep. And all of the arguments and all of the friction, you know, just yep. doing something like that is just cuts through. And I know you do transaction therapy as well. I trained in transactional analysis, otherwise known mm. as TA. So I'm a psychotherapeutic counsellor, soon to be a TA psychotherapist. I trained for four years. I qualified a couple of years ago. So I've been practicing for a couple of years. And um, Ben, who was our original psychotherapist, had trained in TA at the same college years before, which is what inspired me to do it because we would sit in a lot of circles with young people talking and I would watch how he would facilitate those groups. And I was fascinated as to the different, because I'd worked, I guess, therapeutically broadly as a mentor for many years in education, but I really wanted to understand the theory behind it. And I wanted to get the qualifications so that I could practice as a psychotherapist myself. So, yeah, yeah so, so I was fascinated sorry, as to sorry. Because I'm worked, watching, I... um, I'm making sure that I'm keeping an eye on Facebook as well, where it's live streaming. Oh, and all of a sudden, okay. it went whoa! <laughs> I, heard, I heard my voice. Come you back heard yourself. At me. Yes. yes. So sorry to just interrupt you. So carry on. No you problem. Were, you trained because yeah, you were so, motivated by the guy. Yes. So TA. Quite often people have heard of it from the phrase of I'm okay, you're okay, or the drama triangle, or the parent, adult, child, ego states. It was incredibly popular in the 1950s in America, founded by a guy called Eric Byrne, and it became very popular. It was a bit like pop psychology, I guess. Mm. Um, but the TA itself can become actually quite scientific. However, it's also a very, very easy, accessible framework to start a conversation with somebody for them to understand their communication in certain situations. So if I give you an example of yeah, if you and I, out. yeah. So you and I both have, and every human being does, this is the theory. We have three ego states inside of us, our parent state, our adult state and our child. Mm -hmm. And they're usually drawn as three circles, PAC. If we're having a conversation, and so you and I are chatting now, we're very much in an adult-to-adult -adult conversation. We're in the, in the present, we're in the here and now, there's no psychological games going on. Mm 
But if I were to say something like, which of course I'm not going to do, but if I were to say, you know, <laughs> something, <laughs> something that was, um, well, I don't think you should have done that, Leslie. That would be coming from a critical parent yeah, side so of me. And I may re respond as a child. You may do that. That may trigger something in you that goes, yeah. whatever your familiar might be. So for all of us, we have different ones. So for me, my my familiar might be either withdrawal, my child, I guess, they, or I might become a little bit like a 13-year-old and become a bit bolshy. We all have our own. And they're activated all the time. So in a way, the, the aim is to get to know those parts of ourselves, get to know our parent ego state and get to know our child ego state because they can, we can then transform how we communicate with people. Yes, yes. So, sorry, I'm also just looking at the questions. That's, uh, and that's very similar to um, the stuff that I do with NLP as mm -hmm. well. You know, there's a lot of similar, a lot of crossovers with NLP in that area. Um, just quickly nipping back to what you were saying about mm. the schools, because I think it's good to answer this question before we move on to other subjects. Mm. Is um, and I, and I, it resonates with me with you saying you did it for three years, and um, and Peter's just asked a very relevant question because this is something that you know I've talked about before. Is you know I very much started working at Eastbourne College very on the hoof, a bit like you, you know, with the first cohort, and I've now done it for three years, and and I often say to them, you know. I know you don't get it right now, but I know in the future you'll bump into me in the street maybe in 10 years' time and you'll go, thank you so much. I get it now. And he's saying, did you have any feedback from, have you bumped into any of those kids or parents mm. that you did any of that work with? Well, one of them is now a paid employee of ours. Wow. Lily. So she was in our oh, very first Lily. cohort and she's been an amazing part of the whole leg tooth journey she was she was around for the for the first three years then she went away to college and then she came back and um yeah she now works with egg tooth and actually i think one of the things that used to often surprise me and catch me out is that when you're working with groups of young people particularly adolescents 13 14 there's a lot that goes on with breaking through all sorts of barriers and there yeah. were times when we were working with large large groups and thinking well clearly they hate us clearly oh and then yeah you, i've had that feeling and then you would you would see them in town and they would launch themselves at you and give you a huge hug and say, I really miss Eggtooth. I love that time so much because the activities that we were doing were transformational. Do you think that has something many of the young people? I think that kind of sits within that context and the and the and the therapeutic practice that mm. you were just talking about, the transaction, because I know exactly the same thing. You know, I've been and I teach, you know, 40 at a time. And and sometimes I walk out there and think, what have I done? You know, I just want to burst into tears. I'm yeah. like, I've, mm. I've, I've given them everything I've got. Mm. And all they're wanting to do is be disruptive or um, argumentative or whatever. And you're trying really hard to give value. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the next year, they won't have me, you know, they won't have me as their teacher. And, and they'll be like, oh, we so miss it. We love this and we love that. Yeah. And I think, wow, is it context and that transaction? Because we're in that role of I'm the teacher, you're the child, and they're mm -hmm. kind of reacting in that way. Absolutely. And I think this can be where there are huge successes in education but also huge failures so teachers that are able to interact with their students in an adult to adult because if you're working with adolescents in secondary school you're you're working with young adults so if yeah. you were, if you would like um young adults to work with you 
in a you know a compliant respectful way you need to be coming from an adult position yourself mm-hmm. however you know we've and we've seen it time and time again that that teachers and to, it's important to say many teachers are under-resourced mm-hmm. so Absolutely. they are on the back foot personally perhaps and they might have 30 children that aren't listening you will have to employ a very critical parent or a strict parent ego state in order to try and control that group so it's it can be really really challenging to work truly relationally with young people because working relationally is about finding that adult to adult the match or or maybe if a young person is feeling incredibly vulnerable and they have their child ego state there then you employ a nurturing parent part of yourself because it's appropriate in that moment so it's around it's about matching and exactly that's very the, hard that's to do in schools yeah that's the nlp part of it is that um where you get into rapport and mm. i you know i very much in the first year i was there i'm not t- trained as a teacher and i said you know right from the outset i'm not a teacher you know i'll come in and give my um information but i you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a mentor Mm. and um and i had to learn that um and i actually then went and as a result of that experience in the first year went and did the nlp training because i was like i need to understand what i need the extra tools i need to be effective in this environment otherwise i'm not going to do it because that goes back to that thing about safe yeah i'm not safe if i don't feel safe and Mm. they're not reacting to me and getting what the most out of this experience Mm. and as soon as i did the NLP and understood about rapport and so I do lots of you know when I've got as you say sometimes you have to do the strict parent sit down otherwise you're going to be removed because you are disrupting for everyone else but what which is found, actually about boundaries That's yeah about boundaries isn't it yeah what I found was don't be too over prepared be prepared to as as you would an adult like we are now you know be prepared to go with the conversation don't be too stuck in your um, rules. So I started having so much better experience when I stopped scripting my lessons. And that really reminds me actually about a therapeutic process actually is, is there's a lot of parallels between the sort of creative process and the therapy process because it's not about an agenda. It's not no. about having a fixed idea of what you're gonna be doing in that space. So when, when you're in a therapy setting, when I work as a therapist, it, you have to be working very sort of right brain, very, very sort of spontaneously, creatively, intuitively, ensuring that you're not imposing an agenda on that. And when, like you say, when you're in a teaching or training environment, the more that you can be in tune with that, I think it can be really powerful for the. It was amazing. The minute I dropped the scripts and I realized that I was paying too much attention to the science and my, my needs to feel that I've done a good job. As soon as I dropped that and I went, no, I'm just going to go with the kids. I know today we're going to be talking roughly about this. And then I just came in with that. This is, you know, this is the subject. Let's go. Let's go. Like I do, you know, with these broadcasts, Mm. you know, today I've got this guest. Let's just go. Let's just see where it takes us. We had the most amazing experiences and they learned more. And therefore we bonded and they reacted in a much better way. Um, and learnt more and to the point where as you say now they say you know I've got one that I've just mentored right through to the end of Gold Arts Award and she was like you know that you've changed my life outcome Mm -hmm. and and that's just by stopping it being about me and making it about them and that's as a teacher because I'm not a teacher as a teacher Mm -hmm. that must be a really really massive leap to Mm -hmm. take when you're stressed and you're yep. under-resourced and you've yep. got, I have 
one class a week let's put this in context one class a week to do one job yeah you know i'm not i don't i'm a freelance i don't work for them so i have the benefit of being able to kind of come out breathe think okay how do i sort that out i totally appreciate that teachers working every day hour on hour don't have that we um i do quite a lot of work with teachers actually from a sort of supervision point of view essentially it's it's counseling though it's not supervision about their practice and it's creating a space for them to process actually because i have huge respect for teachers huge respect yeah and work having worked in and around education for about 20 years and seeing how things have changed and situations have changed huge respect and Mm. I think the the amount of stress that some teachers can be under, and if people aren't familiar with the educational world, there's often that, yeah, but they get six weeks holiday or they get this, they get, you know, the hours that some teachers work are, you know, phenomenal. Yeah. And, the, and the amount of um, expectation as to how you have to move a class of children along academically and the amount of the admin, actually, that they have to mm. kind of... Um, but actually, interestingly, for a lot of the people I work with, quite often it won't be about, it'll never be about the students. It'll either be about colleagues, fairly rarely, or it'll be about how they're managing a personal issue at home that yeah. they are having to carry with them into a stressful situation. And it's how they're managing that, you know, things that are happening in their personal life. Isn't um, that I've, often the case? I know when I was doing my master's, because I did live story interviews for my um, dissertation, and I just asked, you know, tell me how you got here, you know, um, and I was interviewing people in the art world and the life story, every story, you know, as you go along, how does how do people end up here? Well, that you know, there's often that backstory and we carry we carry that again. Mm. It comes back to that therapy, isn't it? Parent, child. What was the other one you said? Parent, child, adult, adult. No, uh, yeah. Adult. So it's our, yeah, we have our parents. So if you visualize three circles on top of each other, the top one has a P in it for parent, the middle one has an A in it for adult, and the bottom one has a C in it for child, the PAC model, they call it. PAC, okay. And and adult, yeah, adult is kind of where we're crudely putting it. We're kind of aiming to try and be an adult as much as possible because that's usually where our communication, yeah, Yeah. our communication tends to be clearer when we're in adult as opposed to if I'm Mm. having a tantrum. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and you don't want to be authoritative and dictatorial and yeah. looking down on people so that's the kind of parent role yeah so okay I've got that I've, I think I've got that now <laughs> I'm going to have a look more into that because I've been looking um, into harmonizing coaching um, mm. and that's um, bringing more of a heart-centered instead of being so goal-driven that you lose the joy mm. um, I've been stuck so I'm going to um, look into that as well because I'm I'm so intrigued oh. with why mm. As you know, you know, my my question, why is uh, creativity so therapeutic? What are the Mm. elements that correlate with thriving and what contributes or takes away? So why do people come to the arts thinking it's, you know, it's going to be joyful and then end up living it, bringing something, layering something on that takes the joy away? Mm. And you know, for, I know for you and for me, it's keeping the joy. And so that's, you know, that's bringing mm. in these practices and helping people maintain the joy in their lives. I think it's a brilliant question. Well, that's a fantastic question. And what a fantastic theme is why is cre- creativity therapeutic and what's therapeutic about it? Mm. I think the first, yeah, so the first part of that question, my feeling is, is that 
is that there are real parallels between how you work therapeutically actually and how you as I said before and creativity itself I think in in essence so a lot of us use our thinking minds a lot of the time we're all whizzing around thinking about everything overthinking about things and we can we can risk negating our feelings quite often um culturally as well I think um for those of the us that are British a kind of a British culture is one of perhaps not expressing yourself too openly it's not you know it's not really it's much more about being quite stoical um it's much more about keeping things in sometimes we might the stereotype of the American that gets too much therapy you know that's self-indulgent you know you're just talking about yourself all the time I think there's somewhere in between actually that's a really healthy balance yeah because I think the English gaze and how we see things mm. can be um, a problem sometimes, can bring you know, a layer to the, the story that um, does mean that we, we are, you know, we're stoic, we're pushing forward, we're, we're driven, we're seen to be able to cope with adversity. And, and sometimes- Yeah, and we're also even... really, really repressed. <laughs> we have the trouble. Yeah. That's the trouble with stoicism. Yeah. It's all well and good, but mm-hmm. I think when, when repression hits, it's unhealthy. You know, there's there's no two ways about it. And I think creativity gives us access to parts of ourselves, quite often non-verbal parts. So, yeah. for example, if you looked at it from a sort of a theoretical... Therapy, I love that analogy going to the non-verbal because I, I'm always looking at the power of language and how we use the mm. words, but actually yeah. what happened this morning, so that story I was telling you earlier, was completely non-verbal. There were like a couple of have you done that, but that was it. And the, it was mm. all kind of you could see yep. all it was all within the behaviour. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there might be for some of it, say if we were looking at using um, creative therapy, mm. we can then access parts of ourselves where decisions were made pre-verbally. So when we were very small, if we were experienced huge amounts of trauma or neglect, we can't then as adults necessarily express what that experience was. But through using creativity or creative therapies, we can start to kind of build a picture and an understanding because therapy is about understanding our past and how it's impacted on us to therefore make more choices about how we live for the future. So if something has happened, I mean, trauma is there's a great book that was written called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's about how trauma is almost imprinted in our bodies, in our physicality. And when we're when we're big thinkers, which you know many of us are and we're busy thinking and we're not connecting to our bodies the trauma is literally locked inside our bodies and we don't know how to then access it so it can take quite a lot of not you know non-verbal practice to really connect with our bodies i mean i'm really interested in things like yoga therapy um or you know body therapy so things that particularly are around trauma and looking at how we hold those things Mm. in our bodies but we can be very disconnected because we tend to sort of live up here quite a lot and not, you know, we, do. we can't name those feelings. We've kind of made uh, culturally, we've kind of gone, you know, we've probably can only name about five of them. And often I'm saying to people, how does that feel? And they'll say, I don't know. And then they mm. go into a kind of like meltdown of I don't know how that feels. And it's just like, OK, yeah. is it light? Is it heavy? Is it dark? Is it, you know, is it warm? Is it cold? You know, just trying to get people back into the method of thinking, how do I feel? Yeah. And we didn't know really when we were embarking on Egg Tooth quite why we were working the way we did. We just knew intuitively that it was going to be 
a powerful process. But when we look back now, it's because we were employing thinking, feeling and doing and yes. in many different the environments. The Mercedes kind of thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking, doing. yeah. And and also we what we didn't realise at the time is actually we were kind of modelling the process of child development, which is sort of being, doing, then thinking. So it's like, right, we're just going to be together. We're not going to be prescriptive. We're just going to be. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk. We're going to go and do activities together. Then we would do much more experiential things, so making and art and that kind of thing. Then we would get into the leadership type activities. So how could they plan a menu and run a restaurant or how could they train to be a firefighter? And we didn't realize until we stepped back, it's like, oh, that's actually the model of child development. How interesting. So we've kind of taken all of us and we all, I mean, if you talk to my colleagues, we all learned so much as well doing this. It wasn't just about what the young people experienced. We all grew as, as people i think that's the best way to grow a business isn't it i mean i think um, and i know yours is a char charitable um based yeah we're a not-for-profit so, yeah not-for-profit and i mean yeah. pure isn't pure you know pure is a business but it was it was only set up that way because personally i didn't want to go for external funding i just only wanted it to be self-funded yeah um, because as you said you know the funding side of things is tricky um, but learning learning as you go along is so authentic it has integrity you've um you've actually done it and now you can um tell the story from a real mm. life um i did this i can show you how this worked and i you know even doing these live broadcasts have helped me to be a better um mentor and a better mm. coach because i can say you know i say to you you've got a fledge you've got to push yourself off the ledge you've got to go into your um stretch zone but have I actually done it? Well, yes, I have now and I can show you and I can show you the real evidence of, of how that all worked. So, no, doing it authentically, I think, is, you know, the most valuable way of growing um, an organisation. And it means that you have integrity and integrity is really, really important, especially when you're working in the context that you are of, with people who have had trauma. And I mean, I'd like to just validate there that trauma doesn't look um, like war and fa famine, it looks like yeah. someone being bullied, someone being belittled, gaslighting, racism. You know, there's a, the, con the, yeah. the spectrum of bullying is huge. Yeah. Um, it can be neglect. Um, mm. it, it can be, you know, everything and everything in between. So, mm. you know, we have to be super, super careful and um, yeah. safe and have integrity and to do it the mm. way you've done it. That's why I love Ectooth because you have so much integrity you've done it in the way that in the right way and it, you know there's a lot of people involved now aren't there there are have you said i don't know if you've seen our website but there's i was just going to do everyone a, either i'm just going to do a quick <laughs> screen share so people can see i'm just going to do a quick screen share so you can all see the egg tooth website and, and see um the amount of people involved so to begin with we're gonna um let me just go on to egg tooth and get the right page up yeah if you go to so, about yeah so about, about if you scroll down yeah, and then there's, faces. there's loads of faces. So I'm just going to um, share that screen with everyone so you can see some of these faces that, um, <laughs> there we go, share. And look at all those people. Oh, so, wow. There's, there's lots of people there. And I'm, I'm going to scroll. So look at all these people. So you've got. What does that mean, Tom McCann Resonate Leader? What does that so mean? So we have um, an evening 
uh, called Resonate, which is about um, acoustic music and spoken word. Now, this was actually created by Lily, who was uh, one of our original oh, yes, students, and along with Tom McCann um, and Tom Clarkson, who's there. And it's a real, it's a really interesting eclectic mix of spoken word, poetry, music. Oh, I see and, Tom's there, yeah. And it, they've managed to carry it on on Zoom on Thursdays, so every other every sort of fortnight I think Thursday, on, there, is a, there are recordings of that either on your Facebook page or on your website yeah. I know I've seen yeah. it and so I know Luke so Luke's in ah, Luke, yeah. been in our in our uh, in our area oh and I love this look you've got <laughs> all the ones who couldn't make the photo shoot yeah <laughs> and summer school judo and sports lead yeah arts facilitator Aaron yeah so like a huge amount of people I'm just trying to find Lily where's Lily she, if you go up a bit she's she's, at the she's on the next one there up. she is Lily Cooper there she is yeah events and social media yeah lovely love love anyone who does events and social media because it's hard work and there's yourself your and gorgeous self. myself and Sally and Sally so and third director Rodri who's in way he's based in Wales so we couldn't oh, get him to the first so he's currently an egg <laughs> <laughs> so the other page I was going to show is the crowd uh, is what you're doing with the crowdfunder yeah so, so that's on the home page I was going to say I need to go back so if uh, everyone who's watching on crowdcast you will be able to see um, a little button at the bottom that says help us build our nest and I'm going to tell you what that's all about, or I'm not, but um, Laura's going to tell you what that's all about in a minute. Um, but this is what it's all about. They are raising money to um, turn, and you can tell us all about it, to, to make this into their home so they can do more of what they're doing and um, in a more um, cohesive way, I would suggest. Yeah is the word so i'm gonna just i'm gonna leave the little nest up there and we're back <laughs> we're back on the screen next to the nest yeah next to the nest so people can see it so mm -hmm. tell us about that i know that you got some itv um people's award funding didn't you um, we did that yeah last year that was last year so that was a competition that we had to go in and get as many people to vote for us as possible Oh, so we had yeah. I, it was nerve wracking. It was two weeks. And exhausting. Yeah, it was like two weeks of being on the campaign trail. Got a tiny glimpse as to what it was like when <laughs> politicians. Yeah, were. Um, but we did. We won. It was amazing because we were out of five uh, organisations in the southeast. We were by far the smallest, and we were kind of this independent. Others were much larger, but we we worked and worked and. We were so very delighted that we won, which meant we were awarded fifty thousand pounds to go towards our mental wow. health um, well-being centre, the Egg. So mm. that really changed things quite dramatically for us because whilst we've been around for eight years, we've kind of turnover-wise, we kind of fluctuated in that some years were busier than others, but we weren't able to sort of dedicate our time to it because we've always had to because we're a not-for-profit, we've had to have other part-time jobs along the way. Um, and I was training as psychotherapist and things as well, so. Um, but we really sort of focused on getting our name out there and it meant that we had five times. The, so the last year has been so, so busy with inquiries of projects and um, all sorts Wonderful. of things, and the, which is great, absolutely brilliant. And we had never really ever had any core funding, meaning what that means is we either have to charge for our services, so like we directly invoice a school, for example, 
or we have to go for little pots of funding. What that means when you're delivering, you get a fee. If you're the manager or the director, you don't get a fee because, but you're still having to do all the organisation. I mean, this will resonate for anyone who's running their own business. It resonates very well with me. (laughs) So, and that's okay. And that's what we expect. And me and Sally have kind of been all right about that. However, we knew that for sort of doing that for eight years, it wasn't really sustainable long-term because it's exhausting and we didn't have any money. So... We worked for a couple of years with the big lottery and we were really, really delighted that just before lockdown, we found out that we got some core funding for three years. What that meant is that we can pay some of the rent, a small um, salary to our core management team. It means we can cover our costs and it's it means that we're afloat for three years. You know, we don't have to keep sort of. So that was amazing. Um, We were so, so happy about that. Then around similar kind of time. So it all happened in the last year. Um, we'd heard that this beautiful, beautiful building in the old town, which used to be the old town museum. Yes. If some people recognise it. It was also um, something called the Discovery Centre for toddlers yeah. and parents um, to visit a couple of years ago as well. Um, we heard that this was up for lease and that nobody really wanted it. So we went to have a look and went, oh, this is our dream. Because we'd always, Sally and I had always talked about how we wanted a base that could house a high-end coffee shop and alcohol-free bar and event space so that we could train up young people who have barriers to employment. That might mean they're leaving care. That might mean they have significant mental health issues. That might mean all sorts of things, but they're not really finding work very easily and that we would train them up as high-end baristas, bar personnel, front of house, event space managers. Real proper skills. Real proper training, yeah. yeah. And also... A kind of a different approach to training in the sense that we would work in a very egg tooth way so we would sit we'd go out to the woods for our training and we'd talk in circles we'd share how we're doing you know we'd we'd nurture and we'd offer therapeutic support if needed so we're really excited to be doing that I love so we the were, circle thing and I want to come back and talk about mm. that again in a minute but carry yeah. on about the so yes so anyway we um put a proposal in we were delighted that hastings borough council are kind of not awarding us they're giving us the lease for five years so we'll be renting that out for five years and we're turning the downstairs into the coffee bar so are they giving that to you for zero rent no we are paying (laughs) i didn't think so (laughs) we will be paying the rent i have to say they've been great though they've been really you know they're working with us well and they're you know we don't have to start paying until we've refurbished and we get in there and they're being really flexible and they're being great to work with um that's really good to hear yeah yeah they're they're great and also upstairs um as you can see in the little picture so downstairs is going to be this really cool coffee shop sober bar i'll put it i'll put it on big screen so people can see a bit more and then you can talk it through yeah so, so downstairs is the coffee coffee shop area. and alcohol free bar so mm. the sober movement is really growing and growing it's one of the the fastest growing kind of businesses and movements of non low to no alcoholic drinks mm. we felt very strongly that we wanted it just didn't sit right with us to have an alcohol bar no we not just in felt a, in a therapy center yeah not in a therapy center and also we work with a lot of young people who might be 16 17 are able to go out and perform music, but not able to go into bars. Mm. We wanted to sort of eradicate any of that. Um, we also wanted it to feel like a safe space for people. We wanted it to feel like somebody who, people who don't drink either maybe for 
ethical or religious or recovery reasons might feel yeah. that there's somewhere to come. And actually, for a lot of us that don't always want to drink alcohol and would like to be somewhere interesting. No, I'm not a massive drinker that. of alcohol. And yeah. um, and I think that that's what, you know, when you said about the circle gathering, you know, that's what triggered in my mind, the circle gathering being very much that kind of um, Alcoholics Anonymous model where, you know, it's yeah. safe. There's, yeah. there are, and there is a... Um, um, is it 12 rules around the circle gathering? I can't remember. 12-step program. 12 steps. Thinking of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's the 12-step program around that circle model. Is that something that you um, employ as well? We don't have this 12-step model, which is used very much in kind of the alcohol anonymous sort of environment. We we used, we used did used to call them powwows, though. So whenever yes. we sit around in circles with our groups of young people or parents or staff, we do kind of call it a powwow and it's and it's the it's almost like the eternal circle you know there's no there's no broken aspect to it it forms unity it forms strength it's safe as well so people yeah. feel safe and especially no if you're especially if you're around a fire even better yes <laughs> still smelling the fire coming yeah. in <laughs> yeah we do we started doing that with some of our staff meetings because we were doing an awful lot of zoom over the last three months and we we work in a little um woodland out in Fairlight, and we've started to have our staff meetings there which has really sort of transformed how we feel yeah. in the sense of it's much more open you know it's calmer it's yeah it's a really powerful thing to be able to do if you can Having a powwow, a circle gathering in nature, mm. and the benefits, the therapeutic benefits of nature. Yeah. We've all, you know, during lockdown, I don't think anyone now, unless they were living in um, complete, you know, complete isolation, will mm. not have realised the, um, you know, for people who've been in flats, who've been able mm. to get out, just go out for a walk in nature, you know, yeah. to the people who normally live in the countryside but take it for granted and yeah. haven't been using it you know the benefits of just the japanese have known this forever but the benefits yeah. of just standing under a tree and receiving yeah, down absolutely. on you all of the goodness yeah they very recently um we met a family um a mum with two boys who both have autism they're eight twins and she she had had double pneumonia and a disability so it had to shield um hadn't been out at all with the boys for 10 weeks she wow. discovered egg tooth she's been going to the woods with them because it's a private woods so we can yeah. keep the social distancing very safe and keep it all sanitized and they've been going to visit the bees there they've been with our therapy dog honey they've just had the best time and she sent through a little testimonial yesterday and it was it made me cry she just said it's absolutely transformed their experience of lockdown because she's seen her boys blossom and yeah. you know run around and be so you've free got, you've, so you've got the wood in fairlight yeah, that's um, owned by Lee Dyer, the metal worker. Yes, that you may know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Lee He's did fantastic. the sculpture on the beach, didn't he, for yeah. the nine fiftieth um, yeah. anniversary of the Battle of Hastings? So that's if true. you ever come to Hastings, you'll see Lee's amazing sculpture of the kind of like grounded ship mm. um, in on the beach there. Um, no, I think Lee's an amazing artist, and so he it's his wood. It's his wood, and he wants Eggtooth to use it. Because he Fabulous. likes what we do, and yeah, so and I said amazing. to you, didn't I, that you know we're in the process of clearing a wood that I own. Um, we're in the process of clearing that so that the artists will be able to come here. Because obviously, we can't do what we've always done, which is have gatherings inside. Um, you know, do the workshops inside. So you know, I've spent quite a bit of lockdown, um, and that's what the fire is all about. Um, yeah. So they're clearing this bit of woodland so we can invite you know our uh, members and the people who who we work with to come and gather 
outside but Brilliant. in a beautiful bit of woodland Brilliant. and you have a, and you have a therapy dog called honey yes we honey, have a because... therapy dog called ted oh, <laughs> oh fantastic yeah and bees i haven't got any bees no catherine got, yeah i've got bmv now catherine who has an apiary um at the woods um she owns honey the therapy dog as well you can see all the link she runs an organization called bee potion who some of your viewers may have heard of but she makes yes. amazing products skincare products yes. out of and, her uh paula who runs british made in battle i think stocks her products as well yes yeah, she's really nice stuff yeah. um and i was think i was just going to say that the the upstairs bit yes. because i think for people listening sometimes okay, they may think hang on they've got a wood they've got they do music therapy they do essentially we combine creative activity and therapeutic approaches mm. to to anyone in our community we used to be very sort of young person focused but now we're opening up to more of our community we want to make it accessible for everyone so on the up stairs floor you can see in the picture yeah, the, the this windows is, across the top there yeah it's a beautiful space and we're going to turn that into they'll it'll be partially sort of egg tooth hq um but we're going to create some really beautiful therapy pods so one-to-one -one, private soundproof therapy pods there's going to be an art space there's also a group therapy room up there as well and there's a side entrance so people don't have to come through the cafe to go up there there's a private discreet side those, entrance i could see it up those steps yeah and we yeah. want this we want this to be something where you know people spend a lot of money on their you know outer yes. <laughs> down the gym on their hair makeup clothes etc you know we want to we really want to say how much are you looking after your insides your mind mm -hmm. and your soul and we want to be able to offer a therapeutic center that you could do yoga therapy you could do art therapy music therapy talking therapy you could do you could do virtual reality if you were needing to if you had a phobia of public speaking you know we want we want to do animal therapy outdoor. So we want many to have people a whole... have a phobia of public speaking, don't they? And then giving people the opportunity to just do it over and over again. Yeah. I know when I say to people, would you like to come on the broadcast? And I, 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 I couldn't possibly. But actually, um, once you start doing it, isn't it lovely? It's a really lovely. We're doing that, actually. <laughs> there you are. doing a live broadcast. Exactly. You can, you, people can Having a chat. forget because yeah. of... Um, the the context of the way you're doing it so yeah having the opportunities to do it but i so yeah. get you why do we spend so much time on our nails and you know a pedicure and spending all this money everyone's been freaking out about their hair and everything yeah. mine never grows so it's fine <laughs> i've grown a centimeter. <laughs> centimeter in three months um but actually we should be the thing that will change our life outcomes, the thing yep. that will give us joy, the things that yep. will make our inner dog tail wag is looking after our mind. And like yep. you said, you know, the Mercedes model of think, um, feel, do. Mm. You only have to change one of them mm. and the whole thing starts spinning again. So yep. if you're stuck and you, you know, you work on one, think, feel or do, mm. you're giving them, the opportunity in all of those different ways it to be right for them because yeah. inside a room it isn't right for everybody but no. inside a wood isn't right for everybody either some yeah, people will exactly. resist that yeah. so no this um new facility within the mm. old town and especially in the old town it's just got yeah. an energy in the old town that makes yeah. that just the most perfect place so if people would like to support you mm. in 
renovating running yeah exactly so we're asking for some renovation money to to turn the upstairs into the the well-being center um we have got a crowdfunder that launched yesterday um help us build our nest because the the whole place will be called the nest so the coffee shop and the bar is called the nest and will be housed at the nest so i'll just related Uh, all egg related so there you all are egg related. help us build our nest i love your sign um and you. there you are and then so at the bottom of the page for everyone who's watching on crowdcast i don't think you're going to be able to see that on um actually on oh so i'll move the screen share now so i don't think you'll be able to see the button on facebook sadly um or on the recording but if you're watching us uh now live on crowdcast at the bottom there is a help us build our nest button Perfect. and if you click on that it'll take you straight to the crowdfunder information and yep. if you can help and any of you who are watching can help and people who are watching on facebook um, on the live stream you can just go onto the egg tooth website and we'll pop the url in underneath the um, live stream once it's uh, finished so you'll be able to go straight through and help because this is just critical critical we're going to hit a mental health crisis as we ease out of lockdown i don't think again anyone is unaware of that that that's coming um i'm spending a lot of time and i'll show everyone in a minute putting up courses that are heart-centered uh courses for artists who need will need the extra help and Mm. uh, after this is after this is easing but i don't think Mm. i don't think we can say over because i don't think it's going to be quite some time but as it's easing so yeah this is how you can help in our community support the guys um raising money for for to build their nest i think that's just amazing <laughs> and i will definitely be um supporting you thank you and helping really you. appreciate it and hopefully this has helped you um, yeah. because you know i love you guys and i think you know what you're doing it needs to be done. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we do it a long time without earning any money. I mean, Pure is, as I say, I don't, uh, I pay people to help Pure. Um, so I totally get it. I don't, you mm-hmm. know, pay myself. I pay other people to do the work. Yeah. And sometimes you think, oh, it, I have to make sure this is sustainable. So, you know, I have mm-hmm. my private practice that I get paid for. So to make it sustainable um, and make sure that we don't disappear because actually what you're doing is so important you need to be there for the long term you really thank you for those words yeah that's really appreciated and we feel we feel it on and everyone that works with us feels it on such a deep level as well that you know Mm. our town and and around that really deserves a place where you can come and find something that suits you as well that isn't necessarily a a clinical kind of counseling setup but something that really deeply resonates for you because yeah looking after your heart and mind is is the most important thing and we don't know how this whole pandemic is going to affect people long term and we want to make it affordable we want to make it for people that can afford so people can afford it it's an an investment but if you can't you can get a funded place yeah and we live in a place that's uh, you know hastings that is you know what is it like the third most deprived area in the country it's the third it's the 13th in the country and it's not improving no, and you've got Orr, who's even lower down in yeah. that. Right? Yeah, there's probably even... There's exactly. pockets where it's even worse. In it's actually in the top ten. yeah. Yeah, that's in and around tasting. So these, you know, we people gravitate to the seaside, don't they? They mm. gravitate to the seaside for their mental health. I know even after the war, um, the Second World War, Battle and Hastings had the most private 
education facilities of anywhere in the country okay. because people were send wanted to send their children to feel better so they were sending them mm. out to the seaside and you know over the that's why we're always having schools closing we just had several close in the like 20 mile radius mm. because we have so many um uh of these private facilities that people were like i want my child to you know receive something that will make them feel better mm. and so what you're doing is kind of a mirror of that that mm. happened after world war Two. you're mirroring that with you know today in in today's world with what you're That's doing interesting i like that yeah, have, a, have a look i did a, i've done a lot of research into <laughs> i'm very into history it's one of my things mm. so we've got a couple of questions here peter is on the questions today um so is the funding going directly to you or through a third party so that's the crowdfunding is yeah. it going directly to you or through a third party it goes to crowdfunder.co.uk to start with they hold it and then when the crowdfunders over it then would come to Eggtooth, which we would use to refurbish the inside and set up the mental health center do crowdfunding mm. take some sort of cut commission from they, the money they take a small percentage i believe and they have to that's they have to yeah they have to because otherwise they wouldn't be able to supply the platform to allow people to crowdfund yeah we so looked that's at, just business isn't it it is and we looked at lots of different options um as to which crowdfunder platform and this was the most recommended one to us um far so farley farmhouse so i had um anthony penrose on a couple of weeks ago and farley farmhouse have just done a massive crowdfunder as well because obviously they weren't even able to open this year and if mm. they can't you know they've still got all the bills that they have to pay mm. Um, mm. to run the house and keep it there so they did a crowdfunder and they used crowdfunding yeah. and um, they got about 30,000 pounds and they did the same wow. as you they said um, we looked at the platforms and that was the one that had the best ethics and you know yeah. uh, was most supportive yeah. so um, yes they take commission but they have to because otherwise they wouldn't be able to provide the yeah. mechanics of a service that we need we'd have to do it ourselves we'd have to go onto social media and we'd be pumping social media with the stuff and you know probably wouldn't be that effective whereas crowdfunder have developed a system to support um businesses like Eggtooth mm. to raise the money so ah oh, they're not hang on a minute they are not charging any fees for our crowdfunder as it is covid related support there you go so Ooh. sadly Sally, your co-founder. Well done, Sally. Has said that actually in this instance, so normally oh, that's good. do take commission, but in this right. instance, because it's COVID related, mm -hmm. they are not taking any fees, which I mean, call out to crowdfunder. That's, that's amazing. really good. That's so nice. And that have you found them very easy to deal with, crowdfunder? Um, yes, because you get a mentor. There's also access oh, yeah. to other match funding pots as well. So we got them. When you hit your first thousand, you can apply for another thousand, which we've got. When we hit five thousand, we can apply for another two thousand five hundred. So there's different pots that you can actually go for as well that that help to match fund. And yes, wow. they have been they have been helpful. Yeah, because we say you know there are some artists who who aren't artists who want to commercially sell their work. You know, they are doing conceptual stuff, it's emotionally based, um, et cetera. And we mm. recommend Crowdfunder for that. And we know, mm. um, you know, several artists that have done it, but it's really good to hear that if people are wanting to do stuff that is around COVID and getting money to support yeah. um, 
themselves or their, their business, etc., around COVID, that they're not taking any commission. So that's you know that's brilliant to know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, some some of the the crowdfunding, not crowdfunder, but crowdfunding platforms do take quite big commissions, and um, no one wants to give their money to a big corporation that's just doing it to make money, do they? They want to give it to mm. the people they want to support. So it's yeah. you know, in those instances, it's it's better to give it directly than to go yeah. through the process. So are you offering any incentives for people? We are. Oh, good. Yes, we've got a whole host of rewards. So oh, yeah, rewards are a crowdfunded thing, aren't they? Yeah. So we won't be able to redeem some of them until we're open because some of them are like start with a free coffee or yeah. we have things like a bottomless brunch and free mocktails. We're also offering people could hire the space for a right. private cinema night for their friends, for example, um, and that we would supply the popcorn and the mocktails. Um, I think that some of the larger ones, it would be like a VIP dinner for the pre-launch to come and look around the space. Um, yeah, there's lots of different ones. So I think we might be making some egg cups that have Nest written on them as well, which I'm really excited about. That sounds so cool. I was yeah. going to say, we have loads of artists if you need stuff made. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mary Clark the Potter is very good at making branded items. Ooh, and, take um, notes, Sally. <laughs> take notes, Sally. Contact Mary. She's the Burwash Potter. I'm sure she'd make you some egg cups. Oh. And, um, you know, yeah, there's there's lots of artists, I'm sure, be out there willing to kind of get involved. But that's great. So, oh, OK. So I'm thinking we could we could support you and do a bit of an event in there, couldn't we? And we could. Yeah, exactly. You. Yeah. And, um, I definitely love coffee. So, yeah definitely have a few coffees i think that's the lovely thing about doing these things it's an energy exchange so yeah. you know you're you're getting something um you know you're basically banking paying it forward aren't you you're paying mm. it forward um and mm. then you get on with what you do so you don't have to worry about it yeah i think as an as an organizer of opportunities you know that's the biggest thing i spend a lot of my time my headspace thinking, okay, how can I bank up some cash so mm. that I don't have to worry about paying the accountant? I don't have to worry about paying, you know, the girl who runs our website. I don't have to worry about the person who does our social media being paid. You know, to take that burden off of you now will mean that you can actually do what you're really good at, which is doing the therapy and changing lives, changing lives. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Changing lives. <laughs> That's what you're doing exactly yeah. every day. And that's what you, you know, that's if if as many people as possible can help you, then, you know, I think, please, guys, you know, if you yeah. dig deep and if you can give a bit, you know, every bit counts, doesn't it? Every couple of quid. And I know? think it's, and it's going to be for our community. You know, it's not for egg two. It's for a community oh. space. It's going to be really we're going to make that coffee shop look really cool as well. Good. It's going to be really nice. We're really excited. So we've got a couple of designers um working on it we're combining sort of hospitality with theatricality it's going to be really really great space yeah that immersive thing about it's an experience you know people want experiences now don't they they want to go in and feel that they you know they're not just a cup of coffee i know i love the co the the coffee shop in the um gallery on norman road the russian gallery where you have the, mm. the kino theater yeah. and you have the exhibition space and you have then the little cafe area and it's always changing depending on who's running it as to what food you get yeah. i love that because it's a 
I'm going to segue into Art360 here. Sorry, people. Um, it's a 360 experience. And that was kind of, you know, the inspiration behind what we're doing during uh, lockdown is the Art360 concept. Um, I'm just going to show people, do a little bit of a screen share as to what we're doing. Um, let's do a little screen share here. Um, so we've been doing, uh, running an event. Uh, the application process is closing today that is called Art360. And um, mm. as you can see here, and it's all about giving artists the opportunity to be visible during a time when um, visibility is tricky. So there's, there's mm. going to be a magazine. So we've, we've developed a magazine that will be digitally online. And we've also, I have to go back here and scroll. So there's a, people apply and then there's a magazine. And then we're doing live broadcasts. So the live broadcast that I'm doing with you now, during September, we will be doing one a day with the artists who have, 30 of the artists that we will select who have been applying for Art360. Hmm. And that will be broadcast all over the world. And we've had some submissions in from amazing places, South America, wow. San Francisco, um, Eastern Europe, um, the in Africa. We've had the most amazing applications in. Everybody who applies goes in the magazine. That was our commitment. Everybody who pays their 45 quid and comes in gets involved. So that everyone will be in the magazine, which we'll be promoting. Everyone gets our free, um, so free to them, um, how to sell your artwork online guide, which was developed by um, our lovely Molly, who works for me. She's your, she's my Lily. <laughs> she's my Lily. Um, uh, so everyone gets that, which normally people would have to buy. So they get really good value for money. And then 30 people we will pick to do live broadcasts like this from their studio during September. Mm. So, yeah, it's finding the way that you can make it 360 experiential. So everybody kind of gets a bit of the action and gets the opportunity. So, yeah, today's the last day for applying to that. So anyone who's watching who's an artist who hasn't applied. Mm, apply. Lots of, lots of them have. Mm. We have had a lot, of, a lot of applications. So anyone who hasn't applied, today's your last day. We won't be extending the deadline because we need two months to get it ready. <laughs> so a lot of times people go, oh, they'll extend the deadline. We're not extending the deadline because we need every second of it of each day mm -hmm. during July and August to get this ready to go live in September. So no, anyone who hasn't applied, hop in quick. That's the page. You'll see it. And um, I think um, I can put it down here. It's most people would have been living under a stone if they haven't seen it because our social media has been wild. <laughs> so um, I think most people would have seen that for now. But yeah, so we go, that finishes today on the application. So get your applications in. And your crowdfunder for Help yeah. Me Build Your Nest, how long is that on for? Um, we're going towards the end of August. So we've got sort of a month and a half to two months. Um, we're doing really well so far. I think we've raised over 2,000 in the first couple of days, which is amazing. We're aiming for 20. We really hope if you can donate, we will really appreciate it. Um, it's going to be an exciting project. Going to the most amazing place that changes lives. And um, Julia has just popped up here. Julia Desh, who's a textile artist, would she's a perfect match for you. She um, mm. makes sensory wheels. So Ooh. they would be amazing within that therapeutic context. So I'll, put you, in touch. I'll put you Lovely. in touch. Lovely. 
Thank you. We Hi, Julia. You linked up, Julia, and uh, definitely, I think it's spot on uh, that that as an art, as an artist, that there's a lot mm. of synergy between what you're doing and what she's doing. Um, she's doing a lot to do with wildflower meadows. Um, mm. As I say, she keeps. Uh, I think she's just finishing off um, keeping her own sheep. She's been kept her own sheep for a long time. <laughs> um she spins the world you know everything so wow. i think there's a lot of um, synergy there and i think mm. she's got space and um and she's got a lot of experience to offer so yeah we'll, we'll hook you two up so yeah final words because we have gone a little bit over time seven minutes over time um thank you so much you've been an amazing guest i've really enjoyed this it's been absolutely yeah. lovely thanks i love Very it when nice. people love it i love it when people love it because i love my job mm. and the more people love it the more i can do it <laughs> don't tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> oh god loads of people would know now but i love it i came to this thinking i hate having my photograph taken i'm never going to do anything films when people say go live i'm like horrified i don't want to see my face i hate hearing hearing my voice all of those things that stop us being presenting to the world what we have to offer all those things that limit us mm. i had all of them in spades and then when lockdown came and I had my mini meltdown in about 30 seconds and went, what am I going to do? And my husband said, pull yourself together now. Um, I was like, OK, I'm going to have to get over that. I'm going to have mm. to go live and broadcast. And what I don't ever want, because, you know, integrity and authenticity is really important to everything we do, is I don't want it to be edited. I want mm. you to get the real, real deal and mm. everybody else who's watching to get the real deal the hiccups the dog barking you know the smell of <laughs> we didn't of have any dogs barking did we, we actually dogs barking i thought today. my dog might have barked but he's not done it yeah before. normally he barks uh, ted will bark around 110 going hey you've gone <laughs> over now enough <laughs> finish so thank you so much and i've put a little poll Absolute down pleasure. in the bottom guys um, if you can have a look at that before you sign off, and it says, I haven't added um, Laura on, but you can add Laura on as well. Um, I can edit it now, and I can add Laura. I'm going to add oh. Laura at the bottom. Laura. I didn't uh, realise that. This was a thing. Yeah. I could have told some more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> They're voting for you now. So um, hey. there's a little um, poll at the bottom of the guests that we've had on and the significant guests that we've had on. You know, have a look. You don't have to do it right now. You know, this is on Crowdcast forever. You can come back to it. You know, you don't have to do it all now. If you forget where the link is, just come back onto Crowdcast and you'll find it all. But if you can have a little, uh, you know, think, oh, you got it. Did you vote for yourself, Laura? I didn't actually. I didn't know I could. <laughs> but now I know that I can, I might. So I want to come back. You've got you, uh, two votes for Laura. Woo! Laura's coming back. Thanks, so, guys. Um, yeah, if everyone can go and have it before you before we sign off, before you leave, um, if you could all go and have a vote on who you'd like back, and then I can because series one finishes in two weeks' time. I've got next week. I've got Ed Boxall. Do you know Ed Boxall? I do. Lovely Ed Boxall. Yeah, he's great. Ed, so writer, poet. Yeah, he's amazing. All round amazing talent. He's on next week. He's going to be chatting to us. And then the last week is Justin McCarran, so Kathy's um, mm -hmm. um, partner. Yep. And he's a resilience Bab. coach and a performer. So yep. he's the last in the series. Oh, some great special guests there. Special accolade for Justin, last in the series. And yep. then we will obviously be doing the Art360 broadcast during September. And we'll come back with series two 
um, mid-October. So, yeah, get your votes in because I need to know who it is you've loved and who you want more of. And obviously we've got some more exciting guests up our sleeve as well. <laughs> we've got some special invites out there. We'll see who, who we can hook in. But so for today, thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Leslie. Really it's been a real pleasure. Best of luck with your crowdfunding and building your nest. I will be in their early doors to see how it's all going. Good. And I'll definitely be um, putting some money into your uh, crowdfund uh, as well. Thank you. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing more of you and Sally and all the all the amazing guys. There's lo loads of you. And um, yeah, but that's all for today. So thank you all for coming and asking your questions. And we will see you again next week. Okay. Bye, Sally. Bye-bye. Bye, Laura. Bye-bye.